Nerd News Now. Uh, welcome to Nerd News Now, where apparently I left and now it's just Kyle. I'm uh, normally, normally Brainy and Miss Jen are here, but Miss Jen's a little under the weather. Uh, and uh, Brainy has had just a ton going on in his life and needs another week off, which is totally fair. I mean, yeah. So, you know, I'm here. And we haven't talked in a while, so we're probably just going to be gushing about a couple of things that no one cares about. Right, maybe, like one maybe, topic. Maybe we'll hit, yeah, maybe we'll hit on a couple of things. I don't know. Um, I guess the big things from last week into this week, uh, you know, the passing of Neil Adams, I did not get to comment on. Uh, yeah, that, that was a couple of weeks ago. That was, yeah, that, that was a big one, though. Oh, yeah, That's and a, then we, we lost George Perez this past Friday. So oh, we could go Friday, we lost Neil Adams, and then this Friday we lost George Perez. I think the the George Perez one was even a little more surreal because we kind of knew it was going to happen. Like he even went yeah. on like a farewell tour, and um, his family was, had been you know posting on social media about you know people coming in, other big creators, and saying their final goodbyes. So that was a real um, yeah. I've never seen that really before. Well, in the comic industry anyway. It's true. I I think had people had that notice for Stan, it would have been like that. Um, You know, there's a few other people who perhaps. um, But what I'm really. I don't know what other word to use, so I'm going to use this word, but I know it's not the right word. Excited about. In the passing of George Perez is that his funeral will be at Megacon. Wow. So literally anyone who can go to Megacon can get a ticket to can attend his funeral. Which is a great way to let a massive amount of comic book fans show their respects. Now, is that I mean we we, we may not know the answer to this question, but is that the official service? Or is there probably going to be like a private service for family? Yeah. Their post and this is from the the George Perez Facebook page is that that's where the funeral was being held. Wow. Now I now I didn't again and I didn't read the post. Uh, I was just relayed this information as somebody went, "Hey, you're getting a ticket to MegaCon, right? You're gonna fly to Florida to go to this thing." And I went, "I love George Perez, but there's not enough money in the world to get me to fly to Florida." Um, was it maybe that's the public funeral, mm-hmm. or his body will be held in state at MegaCon? I don't know. But my but my people were like, hey, you're going to Megacon, right? Um imagine the cosplay at that thing. Like the the picture opportunity. I, I bet people are gonna be recreating some of his famous covers. Like, well, I, I really want there to be a Justice League and Avengers around the casket cosplay photo. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the first thing like that you ever heard of i've never heard of anyone having a a funeral at a a comic convention i know there were celebrations for other people at conventions but nothing quite to this level that i'm aware of right just uh yeah well it's it's also interesting just how kind of open uh he was and the family was about it too right because a lot of times people can get sick and you don't hear from them in a year and a half and then you found out why you didn't hear from them but this was sort of 
uh, in our psyche uh, for months and months. Um, the Neil Adams thing just hit all of a sudden. Well, Neil was sick last year. He had sepsis. And the way what I understand was that Neil's passing was related to that. Now, I knew he had had sepsis, but I thought he had made a recovery. And perhaps he had, and this is just like side effects related to, I don't, I don't know. But I, I know that they had said that it had something to do with sepsis. And that's also one of those conditions where it's, it's probably like one of the millions of things as we get older, we, uh, you know, just hear over and over, like, don't let it get to this point or whatever, because it's just a very tricky situation. Well, that's part of why I'm like working from home right now, right? Like sepsis is one of those things that best as I understand you get when you get an infection and it reaches your bloodstream. And then it affects your organs and all this other stuff. And so like I'm working from home right now because I had surgery and I need to be incredibly careful about infection. So I, you know, I don't know, but it's, it's a, it's a huge loss in a lot of ways. Like I could count on seeing those two guys every year at C2E2. Neil Adams would say something smarmy to me. Uh, that he knew I would understand and take as a joke, and then I would say something smart Alec back to him, and then we would hug, and he would sign whatever I had for him. Uh, George Perez, I didn't have that kind of relationship with. I met him twice, once, twice, twice. Um, once just where I walked up to his table and had him sign something, and once where I almost killed him. So... Uh, and that's just a factor of I'm a 300-pound man, and I had momentum, and it was like a car accident. So, you know, it was no... it, it It's... Neil Adams hit me harder than George Perez, but I think it's because I was prepared for George Perez. Yeah, I mean, as much as we could be, but those are two icons. And um, you mentioned... Neil Adams, um, kind of smarmy sense of humor. My, my favorite thing that I saw posted is, uh, you know, people, of course, talking about their memories, meeting him at cons. And a guy said, I went up to him once and I said, you're who got me into comics. And he goes, oh, I know. Yeah. Or <laughs> his favorite thing, like his favorite thing to do would be to berate me in front of people who thought I was a big deal. Like, and it's, I recognize that I'm not a big deal in comics. Like, believe me, I'm not, but I would take friends and I, we would go up to Neil Adams and they would know I had a relationship with Neil Adams. So I'd walk up and we'd be talking and then he'd just start yelling at me out of nowhere. Like we would finish the conversation say, can I introduce you to my friends? And he'd say, yeah, sure. And then he would just start yelling about me about something completely unrelated to what we had been talking about just to get the rub, like just, just to play that heel character. And then he'd come up to us at dinner and guys and go, you guys know I was just messing with Kyle, right? You know, it was that kind of stuff. So um, through, through our, our year or more of, of talking in, in this format, I can tell that you have you have a thick skin that you can handle that. I, someone like me that I I wouldn't be able to handle that type of. Oh, uh, 
I've been a heel my whole life. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, I'm to, to put it in a term of something I'm sure we're going to talk about in a minute. I am the MJF of my friend group. I'm prepared to be the heel. I'm prepared to be the bad guy. I'm prepared to be the, the person who is the butt of the joke. And I'm fine with that because as long as everybody laughs, it's worth it. Right. I don't. Yeah, especially if I know somebody's doing it in good humor. I don't really mind, no. Right. I mean, and the fact that you knew him and that he, you know, went up to your friends after the fact. Right. Hey, I was just kidding. Right. Or, you know, like I'd see him at Motor City and he wouldn't sign my books. And then two weeks later, I'd see him at C2E2 or whatever. And he would, (laughs) you know, and it's one of those things like, dude, really? And he goes. Well, yeah, you were with people at Motor City. I had to make you look bad. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That or, is, uh, that's pretty he, funny. One year he said, yeah, I had to make you wait till here. CGC costs more here. Like, just that wow. little. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. I see you. You know, but yeah. I'm tr- I'm trying to think of anything else earth shattering, especially in the last two or three weeks or so, uh, that I may have missed out on. But it's the main thing is that there's just tons and tons of stuff that came out and that's coming out and that's going to come out. Well, that's like we were talking last week, and I or was it last week or week before? I kind of was making a point in the chat that. Like in a world where we lose Neil Adams and some and oh where we had lost Neil Adams and free comic book day was coming movie box office. Isn't really relevant news when the most relevant movie is Sonic two, right? At least mm-hmm. this week we get, we lose, we lose George Perez and we had free comic book day, but Dr. Strange has come out. And while I haven't seen it, it's kicking everything's ass. So it's more like it's, it's one of those things is like, it's there's so much earth shattering happening right now that the normal things we would talk about don't matter. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, there's like literal earth shattering happening, you know, across right. the globe. So, uh, right. And you know, that that's one of the reasons we're into this stuff because it kind of gives us a break from all the, uh, the despair that is out there at times. But um, speaking of Dr. Strange, I have not seen it yet either. So, you know, this will be a spoiler free uh, talk. Although, I am finding it a little bit humorous that people are saying uh, this is terrifying. Don't bring your children to this. <laughs> I still haven't seen a trailer. Oh, okay. But you know that Sam Raimi directed it. Yeah. And I know that Patrick Stewart isn't it. Right. Well, he was in the trailer. Yeah, I don't know that. I haven't people. seen the trailer. They, they, they spoiled a couple of big things in uh, in one of uh, the... It wasn't even I, the trailer. It was like the commercial spots. So. I haven't even seen that. Like, I turn the channel. Yeah. Like, or I mute it and walk away. Like, I know Patrick Stewart is in it only because Patrick Stewart, like, has been tweeting about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I will... I can't really get angry at Patrick Stewart for spoiling no. anything. Because he isn't spoiling anything. He's just saying, I'm in it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to hold any hate in your heart against uh, Sir Patrick, for sure. 
Um, were you able to binge Moon Knight? No. No. Okay. Have it even started? That time or of want? Like, do you want to watch it? A little bit of both. Yeah. And, and I'll cop to this. Like, I, I have to watch it. It's like my job. But I never really cared for Moon Knight as a character. Mm-hmm. There's one, the Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire run of Moon Knight is really the only Moon Knight series I ever really read and enjoyed. So it's one of those things is like for me, I'll watch it. And I've been told by people that this is the Moon Knight to watch if that's the series you like. But. You know, I could watch Ghosts on CBS or the BBC version of Ghosts or rewatch all of NCIS New Orleans or, or watch Danhausen videos on YouTube. And I'd rather oh, do those good ones right now. There's some good ones right now. I just oh. I just learned I just learned because as I told you getting into wrestling and getting into AEW the last few weeks specifically mm-hmm. and I just saw him and Ethan Page go out and do toy toy store vlogs. Oh, for year or like for yeah. a long time Dan Housen's been doing it and one of my favorite things is he's from about an hour and 10 minutes north of me. Okay. Originally. Um to watch his videos and count the number of my friends stores he's gone to, you know, cause they're Detroit area comic book or toy stores or they're, Oh, he's in Houston. Okay. Let's see if he goes to miss Jen's store or, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, because I, I do have friends in the industry all over the place. So it's count, count the stores, but yeah, him and Egon. Uh, and let me put you onto another one. Thunder Rosa from AEW has oh. a vlog. I was just her, about to mention her tacos. taco vlog. Yes. yes. So I saw one. Uh, I, I make it out to San Antonio two or three times a year. I just learned of a thing. I didn't know that there's like apparently a contingent of tacos in San Antonio that are dipping made for dipping. Yeah. So it's like this orange, like vat of like gravy goodness. And you just dip tacos into it. And I, I'm like, okay. I, yeah, I had never heard of this until I saw her vlog. So, yeah, that's an amazing. Uh, it's an amazing vlog, and there's a, a two-parter with uh, Mick Foley around Christmas time. And the Mark Henry one is really good too. Yeah, that one. Um, and then of course, like any of the current wrestlers, and then um, just tying it back to comics real quick. I think. This issue just came out, but the Thunderbird one-shot X-Men was co-written by Nyla Rose. Yeah. And so that's pretty uh, cool. I mean, Dan Housen had the Commanders in Crisis uh, cover he was on, and his wife, uh, Lulu LaDuchess, who is a vaudeville performer, just was on a another Image Comics cover. Uh, and, uh, let me think here. Uh, there was another comic, there's another wrestling comics tie in that I'm, I'm blanking on right now, but there's one, there's another one coming. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I mean, I know that like in the past, CM Punk has written a couple Marvel one-offs or annuals, but, uh, it hasn't been officially announced, but there is a second, like, you know, they did the butts and seats, the Tony Schiavone. Mm-hmm. 
story, there is more of that type of work coming. Okay. I'll be on the lookout for that. That's always fun stuff, man. I like the the biography comics. Mm-hmm. I think I think comics are a good art form for many different types of stories. And I know that they, you know, older comics used to do that stuff all the time, like the uh, just literary works. And uh, sometimes they sell, sometimes they don't. But I, I, I applaud the efforts of anyone who tries to tell a story through that form just because it's so intensive. Takes mm-hmm. a lot of work, a lot of work. Um, Absolutely. And so, sp- speaking of wrestling, okay. what? Because this, this, I'm going to ask you about an event that happened a month ago that maybe or maybe not you cared about, and then an event that happened yesterday that I know you don't care about. So, WrestleMania. Not that I don't care about it. I was just working and didn't get to watch. It's I'll watch it later. Well, okay. So I'm not going to try to talk you out of watching it then, because that's what I initially was going to do. <laughs> well, I heard about I heard about the Cody Rhodes Seth Rollins match. Well, that okay. That's the that's the main that's, reason I'm going to watch. So I was very impressed by one of the nights of WrestleMania. Uh, I I think WrestleMania should be one night because you could tell there was like a whole night's worth of filler matches. But there was some amazing matches within that. And be- I pretty much have gotten into AEW after Cody Rhodes has left, right? So he's on this hiatus. And then everyone's saying, oh, Cody Rhodes is coming. That's who the mystery opponent's going to be. And they would drop these subtle hints about stars and dust and uh, dreams and all this stuff. Okay, so I was I was ready for that. But I don't think I was ready for that. Like, as far as in, man, they wrestled really well together i think i think there's a few things we have to remember right like i i've been into aew really since the announcement of aew um but because of my schedule or whatever i have i've only been able to start watching it regular last four months five months somewhere in that range and you know, before that, I'd watch matches on YouTube or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I prefer the AEW product. I'll be honest, though, but my preferences in wrestling have always been the New Japan style product, the AAA style product. You know, if I didn't understand the language the announcers were speaking, I was in. Because I want to see wrestling. AEW in an hour long show shows shows 35 minutes of wrestling. Okay. WWE in a three hour raw shows 32 minutes of wrestling. Yeah. You're going to get the guys like me who care about the thing. Mm -hmm. If you give them the thing, you're going to get the people who like the soap opera. If you give them the soap opera. And I think the problem Cody had and why uh Cody is transitioning to WWE is that he wrote himself into a soap opera at AEW and the format just isn't for that. You know, he wrote himself into I'll never contend for an AEW championship real early on and the format isn't for that because now it's 
oh, he's got to go back on his word and he's got to overcome all this stuff and he's got to this, that, and the other, which is soap opera. That plays in WWE. It doesn't play at AEW. So for him to leave and then head back to WWE where they can let him do storytelling kind of stuff like that, where they can honor his father because he owns the name now because Cody got the name back. So where he can be Cody Rhodes, not just Cody or like or roadie codes like they had to do with Brian Danielson or whatever. <laughs> Daniel well, Brian, Brian Danielson is that dude's real name. Right. But but no, it was in in there's a great episode of the Jericho podcast with a guy named Mike Dawkins. Shout out to Mike Dawkins, the gimmick attorney. Don't bill me for this. We worked to anyhow. Anyway, um Mike talks about how Cody when he would come out on WWE, it would be Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Because WWE didn't own the name Brandy Rhodes. That's her name. Because she was Brandy in WWE. But Cody couldn't be Cody Rhodes because they own that name. So he would be Cody. And she would be Brandy Rhodes. So they always had to give her name second. Like, it's these little copyright law things. But it's let... He can go back and be Cody Rhodes. He can go back and contend for a WWE championship. Like his dad did, you know, that kind of stuff. He can go do all of those things. And he can go back now with the stipulation that Stardust is dead and he'll never be back. Right? Like, he had enough swing coming back to set the terms. When he first showed up, he had no swing and then he was stuck. You know, now he's got juice, man. Juice. Well, they need it because to to sort of borrow an example from a different sport, it's sort of how for years and years, and they still do to this day, rather than, you know, take a rebuild year or three, the Yankees just put, you know, $20 million contracts on top of each other, talent on talent on talent. And the WWE was at a point where it's been bloated. It's over two nights. You have the brand split. You're up against AEW, who's allowed to show blood. <laughs> I mean, which right. which is crazy to me saying that out loud. But uh, having watched uh, these, uh, what the the Blackpool Fighting Club or whatever it is with William Regal, the Blackpool and, like, Combat Club. Yeah, and then there's like blood everywhere, and I'm like, okay, I kind of get the appeal of this. But uh, there's there's there was two ways WWE could do: go back to like you said, wrestling, and just wrestle. And get like skilled people, or just add more stars to the pile. And I think that's they but had to add the biggest star they could get. But that's what AEW has been doing, right? Every time there's a free agent from WWE that's got an indie following at all, AEW's going after him, right? Every time there's a legendary wrestler who's got a contract up, AEW's going after him to the point where. A guy like, uh, who's a good example? Um, okay, Eric Rowan, who had been at WWE for years. Uh, you know, uh, he was Eric Rowan. And he had been in the Indies before that. Huge following. Comes over to AEW as Eric Redbeard and might 
wrestle once a month on TV. And, but he can go and he can book indie dates. He can wrestle when he wants, where he wants. And still have an AEW contract and pays him all this money. So he's wrestling Big Con, who was Connor in WWE, at Insane Wrestling Revolution in Monroe, Michigan next month. Right? Like for their title. So AEW is doing that thing of letting these guys work how they want, when they want. You know, if Danhausen wants to book, as an example, if Danhausen wants to book indie shows in Michigan, he can. If he wants to go to Japan, he can. If D- Brian Danielson wants to book indie shows, he can, except for Defy, apparently. Um, and he, if he wants to go to Japan, he can. Like, open open doors. Thunder Rosa is a good example. She has Mission Pro Wrestling there in Texas. She can wrestle at Mission every night as long as she makes her AEW tapings. So they're giving these people the opportunity to work the way they want to work and not keeping them under their heel like Vince did for all those years. And that's what where the term forbidden door comes from, right? And and that's yeah. what they're sort of they're leaning into very very heavily for that upcoming pay-per-view against uh New Japan Wrestling, which is what I was going to ask you about where it's like I know that name, but I think I only know that from like a popular culture standpoint like seeing the wrestling figures you know, at stores and sites that have other figures I buy and stuff. Mm-hmm. So how how big is that going to be? Colossal. That's what I thought. Sounds it's like gonna it. be it's gonna be the biggest deal in pro wrestling in years. So guys like Jushin Thunder Liger, right? Guys like some of these legendary wrestlers only ever worked in Japan. They'd come here and they'd do a little loop somewhere on an indie circuit, or they'd come here and, oh, WWE has invited them to do a two-off appearance or something. They'd come for that, but then they'd go back to Japan. Greatest wrestlers to ever wrestle only ever worked in Japan, or a guy like Blue Demon only ever worked in Mexico for AAA because they couldn't cross over to that mainstream WWE audience when WWE controlled everything. Or they could, but they'd have to come and wrestle at an indie promotion where they'd get 100 bucks a night. And it just wasn't worth it. So the thing about the Forbidden Door was is that if you, were at a, if you were at WWE, you couldn't book an indie show. It didn't matter if you owned the promotion or not. You couldn't book it. AEW has said it's an open-door policy so people can go out and book indie, indie shows and come over. So... This forbidden door thing is they've never New Japan has never really crossed over with another promotion outside of Japan. So this is huge. You know, but guys like Brian Danielson really made his bones in Japan. You know, uh, there's so many of these guys who went over there and trained with these Japanese wrestling masters Shinsuke Nakamura was the, you know, the the king of strong style was a legend over there. Um, Kenta, uh, which, um, you know, they changed his name so many times now. Um, but the go to sleep and all that, like CM Punk learned that in Japan. Uh, Finn Balor, 
uh, when he was Prince Devitt and the Bullet Club and all that stuff started in Japan. So AEW working with New Japan is like all these guys going home or working with their old friends again for the first time in a long time. So like, I think it's a really, really big deal. I often thought that if WWE was ever going to open the door, that it's this group of AEW stars that they would do it with. Because there's enough guys over there that are trained in the style Vince wants that you could do it with a cage, Christian Cage versus Edge match. You know, they AEW has the Hardys now. Um, you know, Moxley versus uh, Seth Rollins, something like that, but we'll see what happens. But to go back to our original point, because we've gone down a rabbit hole here, sure. and it's really me just talking. Um, you have two of the best workers in the business in Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. Two guys who have trained and worked with legends and masters and all, you know, all these kind of guys who they know how to work and they know how to put each other over and make each other look good. So those two working in the ring together is great. I will be interested to see what happens when Cody has to face. I'll be honest. I can't name anybody at WWE right now. Okay. Somebody like Guntar. Yeah. Who isn't really a worker. Who's got its gifts, but they're like the Undertaker's gifts, right? They're like, or not even the Undertaker's gifts. They're like the big show's gifts where they can get in there and just pile and power somebody. It'll be interesting to see what happens when that those paths cross. Uh, yeah, because there's been some questionable things that have happened. Like, I mean, you could be argued that, you know, Big E should never have been in that situation to be injured the way he was. Uh, I don't know if that wrestler was necessarily green, but it's just, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it was I, weird to watch for sure. WWE has had this problem for a while and it's Randy Orton was called the botchapotamus by me for a long time for a reason. Um, it, it, WWE has this history of guys who are very gifted uh, physically that aren't well-trained. And it's not because WWE doesn't have good trainers. They have some of the best trainers in the business. Like, for real, some of the best trainers in the business. But these guys come out of the weightlifting world or the fitness world or the football world, and they're so physically gifted and they look so they look a certain way that WWE wants to rush them on TV. They don't want to leave them at AEW for three years and let them really learn or AEW NXT for three years and let them really learn. So you have guys who aren't dangerous wrestlers, but they're green going out and putting spots on guys who are less green, but who are in a situation where they're maybe already a little bumped up. They're already a little rough. Or they're on their way up and they've got to have squash matches. And these guys, these new guys don't want to get squashed. They don't know how to put somebody over. Yeah. 
So they're going all out and they're trying to do stuff and it puts people in a bad situation. And also speaking of wrestling, have you been watching the Young Rock or Young Rock? I said that I young. have not. I watched the first few episodes and I think I have every other episode on my DVR, but I've not come back to it. It's uh, it's getting good now, and I've been, he, good, yeah. There was an episode where he meets Steve Austin for the first time, but uh, not to your surprise, but to other people's surprise, he's not Stone Cold. He's the Ringmaster. So yeah. Well, I was trying <laughs> to remember: did, did The Rock first encounter him as Stunning Steve Austin, or was he the Ringmaster at that point? Ringmaster. Yeah, at least, I, I was trying to remember the stuff. actual timeline. Yeah. I mean, at least yeah. on the show, from what they show, but they're jumping all around too. So. Well, because so stunning Steve Austin was his WCW gimmick, and I wasn't sure if during the whole Monday Night Wars and the early crossover days what that looked like. So that's how I was trying to remember the actual timelines of these things. Mm. Uh, I have been watching Heels. Is it? Back for season two, or is it still season one? Uh, no, it's still season one. But like, what should I watch? I know I'll watch Heels again. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like The Office or whatever. Like, I want that's a show I will just continue to watch, kind of on repeat forever. Um, well, I mean, we we never got a final, a proper final season of Glow like we should have, so. I still think, and this is just somewhere down in my inner recesses, we're going to get a movie. I hope so. I hope so. It's such a good because, show. Well, and be, the thing about Glow, and this is an interesting thing about Glow Glow, the original Glow, the real one, is that it went away and came back. And some mm -hmm. of those women were in it both times. So it wouldn't be out of the question to have the show have ended and it goes away and comes back. You know, oh, they're going to re they're going to redo it and it's some different people in it and in fact there's still a promotion going out <sighs> Seattle, Portland, Pacific Northwest somewhere that is the remnants of that glow uh, when it came back the second time. And I think it's under a different, it's definitely under a different name now, but it, it, it kind of has just existed since then when glow came back in the nineties or early two thousands. So. Yeah. I'm still and not I, over that one getting canceled. Ironically, yet. ironically, and this is just another fun thing. Uh, the, the wrestling supervisor on glow, uh, Chavo Guerrero. Ah, yeah, I think you told me that before. And and uh, Carlito. But the wrestling supervisor on Young Rock, Chavo Guerrero. Wow, okay. So, you know, there's something to that, right? Like, if you're going to make a wrestling TV show called Chavo? Yeah, I mean, you, you want to get it right, for sure. If you're going to have, if you're actually going to have wrestling in it. Right. I mean, for everyone's safety and to sell it, yes, but for, for safety purposes and technical purposes, sure. Right. 
I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. That's a that's one of those careers that if you would have told Chavo back in the day, right? Hey man, this is gonna be a thing you're doing in the future. I don't think he would have believed you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But Hollywood's fascination with pro wrestling really has for a lot of these guys given them second careers as stunt coordinators, you know, wrestling coordinators, that kind of stuff on, on these TV shows. Absolutely. And, um, another aspect of that is, is the luchador that pops up in and out of, uh, pop culture a lot too. So we're seeing some of that happen. And, uh, just this idea of, you know, wrestling as theater. And I, I tell you when it's probably really going to take off is, or not not take off, but the peak of that will probably be when the Hulk Hogan movie starring Chris Hemsworth comes out. Is that a real thing? Yes. It shouldn't be. Okay. It's by by, by the guy who uh, directed Joker. So. Sure, but uh, anything that happens to glorify Hulk Hogan is bad. Probably, maybe. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure of every. You know, um, he's a ginormous racist. Let's just like, you know, he the things he's done in the last twenty years, really overshadow for most of us all the things he ever did in the ring. Mm. I mean, I don't ever know what started that reality show. Was. Yeah, uh, well, that um, I don't know what the movie's going to cover or what topics would be, you know, off limits for them. Unless imagine- unless it ends with his run with Macho Man, like it starts when he starts as Thunderlips and works its way up to the run with Macho Man, mm-hmm. then you'd be fine, I guess. I mean, if it covers that three that three ninjas movie he did. Um, what about Mr. Nanny? No, no, but you, you, it, there, there's a look that Titus O'Neil gave him last year at WrestleMania where it was, do not talk to me. Why are you still here? I cannot believe we're giving you any kind of relevancy. Right. I, I actually remember that look. I wasn't sure what all that, you know, was what the history was, but, uh, yeah. Now Hulk Hogan's a bad dude, man. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of that going around in, um, movies and TV shows now. And it it always makes me curious. It, It always makes me curious, like to what end, you know, like there's a, <laughs> there's a documentary that aired last night on Mother's Day. You're welcome, all the mothers out there, called Wu-Tang Clan versus Pharma Bro. Right? And it's like, why do... Why, right. Exact. Yes. Love to them always. But why do we still have to keep talking? Like, should we keep putting the name Pharma Bro out there? I just feel oh, like at some point... Yeah. I didn't see the doc. Yeah. But I'm guessing that the doc made Dariza look like God. 
I have not seen it yet either, but I would hope so, unless they did it wrong. I mean, anything they can do to put Wu Tang over, I'm for. Mm-hmm. So if you could, pl- if you could paint the Wu Tang as the good guys, and anybody else as the bad guys, I'm here for it because Wu Tang is for the children. Right. And there's going to be an element of people watching this in the Woodlands, Texas, that aren't going to have a clue what the hell I'm talking about. And that's fine. But just know you should listen to the Wu-Tang Clan. You should support the Wu-Tang Clan. You should wear the T-shirts. Favorite album. No, you're not wrong. Oh, God. Uh, Favorite Wu-Tang album. Oh, um. I'm just going to say enter the 36 chambers. So enter the 36 chambers will always have a very special place in my heart. Um, they had that album that came out when I was in middle school. Um, uh, hold on, uh, iron flag. That was a big deal to me. Um, I'm bombing to the gravel pit in my head right now, just so you know. That's fair. Back, back and forth, forth, back, back and forth, forth. Yeah. And also um, Wu-Tang Forever, obviously. And then if you get into the individual albums, Liquid Swords, of course. But Right. No, I'm... Soundtracks from the Shaolin Temple was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um oh boy. God, you asked me the hardest questions. I even had their PlayStation game, okay? So I'm down I'm down with it. <laughs> and that was an awesome game. Shaolin style Wu Tang Clan. It was a good one. Um, but I guess back to the point about Hulk Hogan, there's been a lot of TV shows and especially like, you know, straight to streaming service shows like uh, the one, The Dropout, about the lady who, you know, was going to, you know, change the world with her, um, the ability to like read a blood drop and tell you your future or whatever. And that was a sham. And then, and then the people who were pushing all the opioids and stuff starring Michael Keaton that I haven't been able to watch yet because it's just, it's going to be hard, hard watch. Or like just new, I mean, this has been a thing for decades, but just the infatuation with true crime and how like these horrible people that just literally wrecked people's lives. They're getting like a 10 part show on NBC now. (laughs) Well, there's a new HBO documentary called uh, The Big Con or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. don't don't get me wrong. I think people are always going to be fascinated with crime and people who get away with crime. That's a different thing than what I'm saying Hulk Hogan is. Ah. Like, my thing with Hulk Hogan is is that Hulk for a long time put himself over as a good guy while in secret not being a good guy. Not getting away with crime, not doing anything like that, but literally just pretending and fronting at something he wasn't. And it all kind of came to fruition again when 
you know, there was that car accident and then there was the sex tape and there was all this other kind of stuff. And it's just once it all once the facade came down, the ugliness came out. And it's one of those like, oh, that really was just a mile high and an inch thick. Really wasn't there that really wasn't that much to it. So that's kind of my problem. And I'll be honest, I was never a huge Hulkamaniac. I was a macho man guy. So, you know, they may do a great movie and I'll probably see it. But I just have tremendous problems with anyone putting Hulk Hogan over. Understood. Yeah, totally understandable. But just be aware that movie is coming for sure. At some point after Love and Thunder. It's like a Flash movie with Ezra Miller in it. It should just get put on a shelf and forgotten about and come back to it later. Oh, yeah. I hadn't been on the show since all that went down. What was was all that about? I don't know. I haven't really been following it. I just think Ezra Miller is a young person with a lot of money who's making bad life choices. Um, I don't think we're going to see that movie. uh, No, I I think they're going to put it out. Really? I don't think they should. I think that's a movie that the best thing to do would be to shelve it and just take the loss. But they're leaving oh, yeah. Amber Heard in an Aquaman film. So, like, I don't really trust their judgment at this point. Um, The, the main theme that's going on here is that there's no secrets behind closed doors anymore, right? Like, we know what everyone's into, and it's kind of up to us as a society to, like, support that, separate, you know, are we going to separate the art from the artist, the the film from the filmmaker, the movie from the star, or are we not, you know, so. Right, and I can, like, with the Hulk Hogan thing, I can, if we, if we stop that, that movie with his in-ring retirement, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I have a much better, easier time doing that. Like, if it's, let's focus on his career in the ring, his time at WWE, none of the family or personal stuff, none of the movies, none of that. Just focus on the one thing that he was good at. I guess I can get behind it. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be hemmed by an interesting director. I mean, the guy that made Joker, so. Which I still haven't seen. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it depends on if you like Joker as a character or not. Or maybe it even doesn't. I don't know. I I get Joker fatigue very easily. My Joker died. I some DC stuff. uh, My Joker died a few years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um I uh oh I did finally get to see the Batman and it was awesome. Robert Pattinson never scared me like I was never scared of Sparkle Batman or whatever. Um and to be honest he did way I thought he was going to do a very good job and he did better than I thought. He was a great Batman. Cuz he, he was never he, he, Well I was going to say I was relieved to see a Batman movie with no Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne wasn't in that movie. Not really. I mean, he was in a little bit, but I mean, he was in it a little bit. 
But yeah, no, he was a great Batman. He was a miserable Bruce Wayne. I shouldn't feel like Bruce Wayne is on his way to a My Chemical Romance show for the whole movie. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did it bring up memories of you know Spider Man Three, uh, Goth, uh, Peter Parker? Sure, a little bit, <laughs> but not, but not to that point. I I thought sure. it was good. Uh, sure. Are you watching? Better Call Saul? Nope. I never watched no the what was the show oh, that that's spun out of. Okay. I never watched the Breaking uh, Bad. Yep. Breaking Bad, yeah. Well, this what, was a what, prequel. You could have watched Well, it. what Jen and I are finding, and this is really interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. we're doing Nerd Killer Warfare, and she'll, she'll talk about movies that I've never heard of that were like huge yeah. movies. There was a time where because of my work schedule when I was at the radio station or when I was working at the TV stations and then I immediately became a retailer where if it didn't have a superhero in it, I didn't care. Right? Like I could sleep or I could go to the movies and I would sleep. Or I could sleep or I could watch this show and I would sleep. So I missed all of game of thrones i missed all of breaking bad i missed god i hated the walking dead um like there was so much that popular culture said this is great that i just i had to pick and so that means i have no interest in the tertiary things related to them like the lannister show that's coming out or whatever it is i don't care Right. And so I don't know if that makes me a bad nerd. But I have three pages written on the new doctor for Doctor Who. Because that's something that I, I, I it, you know. I hyper fixate on, on the things I like and I completely ignore the rest of the world. What do you think about that? I'm so we, freaking we excited. I can't begin that. to tell you. Um, he's going to be in the new Barbie movie, which I. That, that existed. I'm going to forget, like you said that. All right. <laughs> and just go. So you can be excited when great. you So you can be excited when you see it. No, but he's great in sex education. And I see he's I haven't seen got. That. He's got incredible timing. Uh, I like the fact that after 59 years, the doctor is going to be black. Um, The same way that after, what was it, 54 years or whatever, the doctor was finally a woman. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I like that they're moving this series forward in a socially conscious way. No, Siri, I couldn't. Um, <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Uh, that was pretty funny. Um, I'm very excited. Um, I like that I, he's young I just, too. I like that he's really young. Sure, I you know, actually, the guy that I started the show with, Ashford, he's a big, huge Doctor Who fan. All he wants. Like he he's fine with the choice and, and all that, and he's been fine with the last few choices. 
what he wants is a doctor that's going to stick around for five years. And I told him, I don't think that'll ever happen again. Cause I mean, his doctor is Tom Baker, right? Going way back. And this is like retroactively, like he's younger than me, but for whatever reason, he gravitated towards Tom Baker and Tom Baker was around for a while. And, uh, it's, it's a situation now where it's like, um, you know, this guy has already won awards for his acting on Netflix, which means it's been seen by a lot of people. Okay, so he's not trying. He's getting work in an, in a big, giant, upcoming movie that I won't rename for you. But so I don't think this guy is like, well, I'm going to make my money at BBC for the next five years. I don't think he's going to stick around. No, maybe but, three, maybe three seasons. No, but I think they need to reevaluate how they think of this right like i think we got a long run from david Tennant. Mm -hmm. we got a long run from matt smith they were both pretty young when they signed on but look at i think the better equation here is actually look at benedict cumberbatch and sherlock you were making three movies a year and he did three years. That's nine movies. Who else does nine movies as one character? Right? Right. Yeah. Almost nobody. So if this actor who's play, going to be playing the doctor, they do a six or ten ep episode series, and then he goes and makes two movies and then comes back and they do another six or ten of a series, and he goes and makes two or three movies. Like, as long as the BBC and the Doctor Who people can work within the structure of this is a guy who has some demand, right, who's in demand, I think they could have a very successful and long-running partnership. I would assume you're going to have fans of his that are going to tune in for Doctor Who for the first time because they're a big fan of uh, sex education. Right. Because he won a couple of baptisms for it. I mean, and, you know, I, I think you're going to have some, some fans of and Kuti Gatwa who are going to be like, oh, wait, Doctor Who? I don't know what that is, but, hey, I like this guy. I'll follow him to that show. Why not? Like, this could be the first time where you know, a known, uh, and he's not like a massive talent, uh, household name or whatever, but th this could be the first time where you have people coming over because they're interested in the act and the character rather than they're already on board with the character and waiting for this actor to come over. So, right. No, I, like I said, it's, I think he's a very good pick. And I think it, it brings a lot to the table. So I think it's just a matter of figuring out what the, you know, what the play is. What is BBC going to be willing to do? What is this actor going to be willing to do? And where is the middle ground? So I think you can still get a long, long run. And uh, just for anyone out there who's seen Sex Education, he plays Eric. That's who we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll catch up on uh, I'll catch up on that while I'm waiting for the new Barbie movie to come out. So I just can't believe they're making that movie. Oh, it's gonna be awesome! I'm calling it. 
right now, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be good. It's not going to be what you think it is. So, unless it's the Ken and Barbie stuff from Sandman, I'm out. That would be pretty wild if it was. Right? This is a secret Sandman spinoff? Okay. I do have one low-key show recommendation for you. Mm. When, I, when I say low-key, I mean low-impact. You already know who this person is. You may not get anything out of the show. Um, I will preface it by asking, are you a fan of Niles Crane? Uh, am I a fan of David Hyde Pierce? Is that what you're asking? Well, or the character uh, Niles uh, Crane? Okay. The character Niles Crane. Um, I found both him and Frazier to be remotely pretentious. Uh, I was a much bigger fan of the dad and of Roz, but okay. I love the show Frazier. Well, David Hyde Pierce plays Julia Child's husband in the HBO series, Julia, and it just finished its eighth, eighth episode. It got renewed and it's a great show. All right. Here's one for you. Mm -hmm. I mentioned it earlier. Ghosts on CBS. Yeah is actually an American remake of a BBC show, Ghosts, uh, that's still coming out. Uh, they're shooting their fourth season now. The first three seasons are on HBO Max. Go watch the BBC version. I love the American version, but I think the BBC version is better, only because uh, I think the ghosts are more interesting. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. Like I've seen, I've actually seen... Um, commercials for the american one i have not watched well, an episode yet well, but you like, think i should just just jump to the bbc one well the bbc one predates the american one okay. like seasons one and two of the bbc one were out before season one of the american one ever started now they do diverge ah. like don't get me wrong they're but i would watch them both okay uh, and the concept is the concept is great the Acting in both is phenomenal. Like, you know, the BBC one is more campy without trying to be campy. The American one, they work for the camp. So. Gotcha. Um, it's easier when they don't work for the camp and it's campy or it's better. I right. Think. Right. Uh, but sometimes working really hard for the camp pays off. Like a, 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 it was a Channel Four show; it wasn't BBC, but Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Uh, yeah, Garth Marenghi is a whole different thing. Okay, but that's camp, though, to the extent it is. It is, <laughs> but that's a whole other level of like that's like. Or, yeah, I'm aware. So this is more. This is more on the. Uh, is this more like on the are you being served level? Somewhere around that? No, think Faulty Towers. Faulty Towers. Okay. That's some quirk. That's got some quirk to it. They worked yeah. a little bit for that quirk, though. Yeah, no, they. I'm not saying they don't work for it. I'm saying the American one, they're trying much harder. It's forced. Like, and, I well, like I just think, I think the British version, it comes more honest. Because uh, the gotcha. actors they've got and just the British sensibilities is a little bit more campy. Okay. So. I got you. Um, any comics you want to throw out there as we wrap this up? Nope. <laughs> I have done Nothing almost no research on comics this week. 
I guess Office Gob Eddie the Office Goblin number two. Uh, there are some great uh, Immortal Red Sonia number two. Um, do, 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 do. If there's anything, uh, Nottingham number seven. And on my list this week uh, is. Uh, Oh, where'd it go? Uh, there's only one number one on my list this week. And it is. Sorry, I'm scrolling because I don't see it on my list this week. Maybe it got pushed. Maybe it did. I mean, that wouldn't be <laughs> uncommon for right now. Oh, Barnstormers number one from Comixology. I All guess right. there are two number ones. Barnstormers, number one from Comixology, and uh, The Ballad of Ronin, number one from Action Lab. Okay. That's some that's some oh. indie recommendations right there. Yep. You want me to read the thing? I can read the thing. I can read the thing. Well, go for it. You did the intro. I'll read the thing. All right, go for it. Thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by The Adventure Begins, Comics and Games, and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out other shows on Woodlands Online, like Weekly Fallout Sports Talk, The Adventure Begins Show, Four Reels, The Best You, Between the Trees Business Talk, and much more. You can watch all of these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KVQT HD21, over the air in the Houston area. All of these shows and more on Roku right now. Just search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. Plus, you can listen to our podcast versions of these shows on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. So, for Mark, I've been Kyle, Brainy and Miss Jenner AWOL, and this has been Nerd News Now. <laughs>